0: So in the food scene, uh, locally grown is all the rage right now, isn't it? Yeah? How many of you frequent uh, farmer's markets in the growing season to get things from there? Yeah, quite a few of us do. We're, we're all on a search to find the freshest, the best food that we can. And restaurants and grocery stores recognize this trend as well. Uh, they do their best to often resource through local growers and local farmers to ensure that the food they have to offer will be the best that your money can buy so, in my secret life that nobody knows about, uh, I have a dream of having my own backyard chickens. Now you may think that 's funny, and maybe i 'm hearkening back to my rural roots on the farm in Iowa, but um, Truth is, I'd actually love to have my own bees too, but uh, uh, those who live with me in my household say, "Uh uh-uh. So anyway, back to the chickens. So there's this, this growing movement, even in densely populated urban areas, including where we live here and now, for people to have their own chickens. So local governments and jurisdictions are enacting legislation to make this possible uh, with uh, with backyard chickens, including right here in Fairfax County. So I did a little research on all this. Here's how it works. Here in Fairfax County, if you have your property that is more than two acres, you don't need to do anything just go get your chickens and have at it you do have to have the permission of your homeowners association and it's a good idea to you know make sure that your neighbors are on board with this as well most of us uh, don't have uh, properties that's more than two acres myself included so if you're under two acres eh, it gets a little more complicated but not impossible. You have to obtain a special permit from the Fairfax County Department of Planning and Zoning and you have to make sure you have the approval of your homeowners association and that of your neighbors and it's going to cost you too. $435 for this uh, permit which isn't cheap and there has to be a hearing before the Board of Zoning Appeals and you have to advertise in the local newspapers. Neighbors have to be notified. So it's kind of a lot of hoops to jump through but if you're serious about fresh eggs from your own backyard and fresh meat as well, it'll be worth it. So stay tuned for the continuing saga of the uh, pastor's dream for backyard chickens. Well we do in fact hear about chickens in the uh, gospel lesson for today. Jesus grieves over his people's stubborn refusal to be gathered together as a hen gathers her chicks, her brood under her wings. That's the image that is before us today on the second Sunday in Lent, and that is what we will focus on in the sermon for today under the theme, Mother Hen. May the Lord's rich and abundant blessing rest upon the preaching and the hearing and the living of his word for Jesus' sake. Jesus' words in today's Gospel lesson are part of a travel narrative that Luke records as Jesus steadily makes his way toward Jerusalem. And he knows full well what awaits him there. And it isn't pretty. It is rejection. It is betrayal. It is humiliation, suffering, death, and ultimately resurrection. But that is where Jesus is headed. And no one and nothing is going to get in the way of his divinely appointed mission. So when the Pharisees warned Jesus to get out of town, to get away from Herod's rule and his kingdom, they're not kidding. They knew what this crazy tyrant was capable of doing. And if Jesus is not fearful for his own life, they are. Jesus then calls Herod a fox, which is not a compliment at all. To call somebody a fox means that person is sneaky, cunning, tricky, wily, you have to watch him. And so it's interesting that Jesus chucks, juxtaposes these two uh, animals here, right? You got the fox and you got the chickens. Those two usually don't go together very well, do they? We got a phrase for that. That's like the fox guarding the henhouse, right? But Jesus also makes clear of the necessity of pressing on with his divinely appointed mission, even with that fox lurking about. He's not gonna go into hiding. He's not gonna hole up somewhere till all of this blows over. He will press on with what his Father in heaven has appointed him to do. Behold, I cast out demons and perform cures today and tomorrow and the third day I finish my course. Third day, that's significant. Third day is Easter talk and Jesus is pointing ahead to what he will ultimately accomplish on that third day when he rises victorious over sin and death and the power of the grave itself so you see neither Herod nor any other fox-like tyrant powerful though they may be can withstand the kingdom of God or the Son of God and the prophet Jeremiah in today's Old Testament lesson well he had his back up against the wall And he was threatened with death, as we heard. But Jeremiah, like the Lord Jesus himself, remained steadfast, immovable, abounding in the work of the Lord. And this is what Paul, the apostle, tells us at the end of today's Epistle lesson. In Philippians he writes, therefore my brothers whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown stand firm, thus in the Lord my beloved. That's a word of encouragement and hope to all of us when we feel beleaguered or that we are being hunted down like a fox after the chicken. It's a word of hope that comes from the Lord. And so I say to you, my brothers and my sisters, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. Jesus' heart breaks for those to whom he was sent. People whose hearts are hardened against him. The city of Jerusalem and the people of that city, they represent this hardness of heart, this this stubborn rejection of the very one whom the Lord God has sent to bring about their salvation. Luke doesn't record if Jesus wept when he said these words, he may well have. But we do know that later on, as Jesus actually comes to Jerusalem, that he did, in fact, weep tears of grief and sorrow over the city. The very people that he will give his life for are those whom he would gather as a hen gathers her brood under her wings. Growing up on a farm, I remember well uh, little bantam chickens. Anybody know what those look like? The, they're, they're tiny little plucky things, very colorful. And uh, the, the hens would uh, build a nest in some out-of-the-way place. You'd walk past it, wouldn't even know they were there. They'd camouflage so well. What I remember is the Bantam hens, after they'd hatch out their brood of 810, a dozen or more chicks foraging around in the barnyard, exploring every nook and cranny. But what I don't remember is Mother Hen clucking, calling to her chicks to come together under the shelter of her protective wings, and they did not come. You see, that didn't happen. The point here is that God's creatures, including chickens, are often wiser and more obedient than we are. We could learn something from them. So what a terrible sentence of condemnation. Jesus speaks against Jerusalem. Indeed, against every heart that rejects him, refuses his saving love. How often would I have gathered you together as a hand gathers her brood under her wings and you were not willing. Behold, your house is forsaken. How about us? Are we willing? Will we stubbornly refuse, reject Jesus' gracious invitation to forgiveness and life and salvation? Will we insist on doing it our way, going it alone, rather than be gathered under the protecting wings of the Son of God who loves us and gave his life on the cross for us? The psalmist reminds us, under his wings, you will find refuge. And at the end of the day, at the end of our life, indeed at the end of the world, isn't that what we need and want? Refuge. Refuge. My friends, it is God alone who is our refuge and strength, who is that very present help in trouble. And so I invite you to receive that refuge, whether for the first time or in a new and deeper sense in your journey of faith. Receive that shelter, receive that sanctuary which God alone can give and know that in God's own Son, Jesus, he has given all of this and so much more to you. During a particularly dry summer, There was a grass fire in the barnyard of a farm, and after the fire had been put out, the farmer walked around to uh, assess the damage. He found a chicken that had perished in the fire, its feathers all burned off and its body charred and black, and when he went down to pick it up, out scampered all of the little chicks that this mother hen was protecting. You see, when the fire started, the mother hen had gathered them all under her wings and protected them from the flames. And in so doing, she gave her life for them. And so it is with Jesus, who freely gave his life to save us. It's in Jesus' death that we have life. Gathered under the protecting wings of our Savior, we look ahead to Easter joy when we will say with all of Christ's people, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen.